Welcome in to the Dynasty Zone. This is Steve coming at you with a solo episode here. Um, you can follow me at SilentSword89 on Twitter. So I just want to kind of give you guys some lessons that I learned in my first year of playing Dynasty football. And um, the first thing I want to talk about is just your team construction. Everybody kind of has a penchant to what they like for positions and how they build their team. I am a wide receiver type of person, and I just feel like the value that you can get in drafts, I mean, you can always trade down and pretty much get the best wide receiver in just about any draft you want. Um, we're looking at this year, you are able to get someone like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy at like the eighth or ninth pick. Uh, I think that's really good value. I think they're going to have great careers, and I think if you're needing a wide receiver, it's a good place to be. Um, I mean, the running backs are going to go high. I understand that. And the price of them, if they hit, is going to go up. But I don't think you're also going to get the price to go down on your wide receivers after year one a whole lot. I mean, there is kind of a point where you're buying low, but sometimes you're just taking that wide receiver that was drafted in the first round and then trading a second to get them the next year. Um, pretty much looking at like that with um, the Patriots guy that they drafted last year. The names are not my strong suit sometimes. Um but, I mean, that's just kind of a – you're trying to buy low, and I, I think that's a good way to do it, especially after a guy just didn't do much in his first year. Um, and I, I just, for whatever reason, I've always tried to build my teams around wide receivers, and I think that they're just easier to acquire and a little bit cheaper, and especially if you're taking over an orphan that doesn't have much capital, that's a good way to at least start getting some points pretty quick. So then that's kind of the ultimate goal here is just to score more points. It just depends on your league setup and your league rules. Understand that. I mean, my favorite league I have is a one quarterback, one wide receiver, one tight end, and then six flex spots. Uh, I enjoy that one just because I don't have to have all the running backs because I really only need two, uh, which I have now. And I'll talk about that in a little sec- in a second. Um, So yeah, I was huge on G.J. Chark last year. Uh, I bought him for a third in this league, and I just had watched the Senior Bowl that he could, that he participated in. I thought he was just really hard to cover, and I thought I just saw him having a lot of success and trying to figure out why he didn't have it. He was mostly just because he was hurt his rookie year, and then he came out and blew the doors off in the second year and was one of my best moves that I made to date. So you also watch for offensive coordinator changes. Um, if a guy is pass happy, understand he's not changing his stripes. He will still call a ton of pass plays on a new team. If a guy is run heavy, it's not going to change overnight either. Uh, coaches have track records. That's kind of why I'm saying to buy Chubb anywhere you can, uh, just because I think the new head coach is going to pound the ball. And also that Bill Callahan, is, we curse his name here in Nebraska, but he's still a really good offensive line coach for the NFL. Uh, he's improved their performance everywhere he's been, and I'm seeing Chubb is basically going to have a Dalvin Cook-like breakout year this year and have five to be the running back one, I think, in most leagues. Um, I'm very interested to watch that. I don't. The receiving work is the only part that's really holding me back from that, but I think that he can carve out enough of a role there that he's going to be the guy, and I want to try to get him anywhere I can. So another thing to pay attention to is coaches have players follow them. Chris Thompson is going to be my example here. John or Jay Gruden knows what a talent that he is. He just needs to stay healthy, which has always been the trouble for him. I do not believe that Fournette will have a repeat of the season he had last year. I don't think he was effective with the passing game work that he did get, even though he got a ton of receptions. 
Um, I think that Thompson can do more with the work and Fournette is probably not going to be there. His long-term value is really hard to know because his landing spot's going to be dependent. I don't foresee him staying in Jacksonville. I think they're ready to move on. Um, I was kind of surprised they didn't find a deal to move him during the draft, but that is okay. Uh, Reichwell Armstead is not a bad guy to have. I just know that name. Um, if anything happens with Fournette, he could definitely step into a spot there. Uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterback situations I'm going to talk about next a little bit. I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater guy. I think he's too conservative. I don't think he's going to be the answer there. I think that he'll start a few games, and then I think P.J. Walker is going to be pushing him pretty hard. Um, They're not going to have a very good defense, probably, so they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. Uh, Matt Rule was P.J. Walker's coach in college, and I think that's going to the familiarity there will help a lot. I think he already the coach knows what he can do. He showed in the XFL what he's capable of. I think if he has the surrounding talent around him now, I think that he that Walker is actually the guy to own there. I think he gives you a lot more rushing upside. And I think in that offense, he's just going to light it up with weapons around him. Um, And right now you're picking him up for free off of waivers. I mean, I'm not going to say go and trade a first for him by any means. But if somebody maybe has him, maybe offer like a fourth or something and see if they're like, oh, well, I just picked this guy up. I guess he's worth that. And then the hopes that he takes over and maybe he can hold the job for a year or two. Just kind of like when you picked up Minshew off waivers last year and probably were planning on getting a guy for a week or two. And then he turns out he's probably going to start for a couple of years. So um, I, I see PJ Walker somewhat similar to that guy in that situation this year where I think he could start for a year or two and give you a lot of value for fantasy, at least for um, for basically nothing. Uh, Jordan Howard is another guy I really like. Uh, I bought him for 212 in one league. Um and I knew that it was probably too late to get too many starting running backs, so I was hoping that he would just be a guy that gets enough carries and gets me to start the season. And I think after the draft, he actually ended up being one of the biggest winners out of the anybody. I wholeheartedly expected them to draft somebody in the top three rounds, and that they never did. Um, the only move they made was acquire Matt Breida, and that's not really going to cut into Jordan Howard's work at all. So I think that's a really good one-two punch there. I don't think the O-line is great, but it should be better than it was last year. They really can't be any worse. Uh, Jordan Howard is only 25 years old. People think he's a lot older than that. He'll turn 26 in November. Uh, He was effective for the Eagles last year when he was healthy, um, and I think that he's going to be a huge upgrade over Kalen Balaj last year. Uh, The the other guy I'm going to talk about for running back is Raheem Mostert. Uh, He came out of nowhere last year, and... He came out of the draft this year as a winner as well. Um, They shipped off Brita, which helps him out. That was his main competition, and they didn't draft another running back. So I think in that offense, it's going to be him and Tevin Coleman just duking it out, going 1-2 AB. And I I think that Mostert's really going to have a lot of value. I've seen people try to trade a mid-second for him. I think that's great. If if you're contending, I would completely take that. Uh, He is a little older. I don't know how much life he's really going to have, but... For if you need a guy for a year, I don't think that's a bad price if you're trying to win at all. I think he's he's actually really good and really effective when he did touch the ball last year. Uh, a couple guys in their backfield to know for the UDFAs that they signed is going to be Salvan Ahmed and Jermichael Hasty. Um, maybe not guys I'm saying to necessarily buy, but if you pick them up for free and stash them, I don't think they're. I think there's a lot worse things you could do with the roster spot. I expect one of them to show in the preseason that. 
they can handle the situation and they will be able to be in there and make do some damage for them. So there's some guys that I think um, at least names to know right now. Uh, people are hating on Tyler Johnson and they're really enjoying um, they're really enjoying letting him slide. He's going in late thirds of uh, dynasty superflex leagues. I will take him there all day. He's got a great situation in there. Uh, he has the dominator rating. He has the production. He has the talent. He has the size. I just don't see anything keeping this kid down for that long. He's probably third as a wide receiver, hopefully there. But he could step up if one of those guys gets hurt or ends up moving on in a season or two coming in because the Bucks don't want to pay him all. Uh, I, I see him just being a total steal right now in, in drafts. Um, I would definitely be targeting him in the third and that's where he's going. I wouldn't reach for him, but mid third, you're probably going to get him at that point. It just seems like people are hating him for some reason. He was a fifth round pick, but I think he has talent in most other drafts. He probably would have gone in the top three rounds in my opinion. Um, there is such thing as a fair trade and just understand that trades can be beneficial to both sides. It's kind of annoying when somebody keeps offering you a bunch of trash for your best player. Um, so when you're trying to make a trade, at least start trying to make it fair, maybe tilting in your side a little bit so you can negotiate from there. But when you just send out awful offers, all you're doing is annoying that other person. So, but piggybacking off of that, uh, there is reason to send those crazy, ridiculous offers because sometimes someone else's value might be different than yours. And some of the best trades that me and Justin have made in our leagues are just kind of you throw it out there and you're like, um, this wouldn't make sense for them to do it, but who knows, maybe they like it. And then they accept it and you're like, I can't believe they'd accepted that. That's great value. Um, we got, we traded T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey last year for two first round picks. Uh, that was kind of one of our biggest things that we got and really vaulted us in that league to making, making us a second place team in our first year taking over. Um, probably one of the biggest feats I think both of us have had, at least in the dynasty aspect of things right now. Um, another one that I've also found is the people will offer, offer you those trades and it's almost an auto accept. Uh, last year I sent big Ben and I got Lamar Jackson and a couple other players and it just, there was nowhere to go for me, but I was, I was so high on Jackson last year. I go, I can't believe somebody would just offer this. So, um, that was a pretty big steal for me. Um, another piece of advice I would give is to build through the draft. Uh, the best teams seem like they're built that way and they're not traded for. Even when you're looking at teams and you're like, oh, wow, that guy, how that guy gets so stacked, but then he has no draft picks. And then you're like, oh, I see. But just understand, like, it's hard to reacquire all that draft capital sometimes. Uh, some A lot of people are hold on to their draft picks and they're really hard to pry away from them. Uh, some people give them up like candy. So just know your leagues and know who those guys are in each league. Um Say when just understand like when you're when you have a draft pick, a lot of times you're getting a guy in on his bottom floor. Like if if you drafted Jonathan Taylor and he goes a year and all of a sudden he's a top twelve running back, his value just skyrocketed and you got him for just a pick. So just kind of understand like the value of your draft picks. Um a mistake I've made in one of my leagues is uh swapping first, thinking, Oh, I'm just moving down a few spots, it's not that big of a deal. I go when you're going from the third or fourth pick to the eleventh or twelfth pick, it's quite a big difference in value. Um, just something that I have learned the hard way in a couple of leagues. So learn from that mistake that sometimes swapping a first is really not going to be the even even trade you think it's going to be. Um, 
save trading two first for a guy like I get when you're in a window you kind of need to make that move to try to win and win the championship because that's what we're here for is to win those championships but just understand if you make that move and you're really not ready to compete but you're just trying to get your guy then you're probably setting your team back um Justin kind of taught me the best way to build a team is doing a two-for-one trade so if you trade one guy and then you're getting two that's basically getting two starters for the price of one and you're taking that shot and hoping that those guys value goes up instead of down. So just kind of when you're doing trades, kind of being mindful of something like that. Another thing that people don't quite think about is especially if you're in a shallow league, the amount of roster spots that you have, if you get 10 draft picks and you have 17 players that you can hold on your bench, then you have to cut seven of those guys or you only get to keep seven of those guys. And then you have to cut everybody else pretty much. So just kind of understand like, having those late round draft picks when people just throw them at you, just be aware that it's not always the great deal you think it's going to be. Um, Find value in the trades and draft picks. Um, Make moves that help your team. Don't trade to trade. I mean, I've done that where you're trading a bench guy for a bench guy and you're like, eh, that wasn't necessary. So, but I mean, you go and get your guy. That's fine. Um, Capitalize on the value. If a guy has a big game, you break out and then you try to buy low on somebody else. Like that's completely Definitely a big part of Dynasty, but sometimes you're just making a sideways move to make a sideways move, and it doesn't necessarily always make sense. Um, with that, you're maximizing your player value. Uh, sometimes selling means you think a guy is less likely to repeat his performance. Value will never be higher, but it doesn't mean that you don't like the guy and you never think they will be good again. That's what people, I think, misunderstand when somebody's saying, hey, like when you say, oh, it's the Christian McCaffrey sell window. It's going to close here soon. You know, I think most people probably think Christian McCaffrey has a few more good years, but do they think he ever repeats the year he just had? That's kind of the argument you have there where you're going to get so much value for trading him now, even though it's hard to let go of one of the best performances you've ever seen. But the likelihood of that happening again is just so small. Like you're just trying to capitalize the value that you have. Um, understand the buying circle. Um, so basically there's a timing chart for dynasty football and if you are trying to trade for picks right before the draft, they're really expensive. But when you're in the middle of the season and you're trying to trade a player for draft picks, they're really cheap. So just kind of understand the timing of when you're trying to acquire things and what your goal long term is going to be. If you're a rebuilding team, let your players play. And then halfway through the season, when teams are trying to go for a championship, that's when you start trying to acquire those picks. Uh, so just kind of know that the, the timing aspect of everything, because once the draft is set and the NFL draft is taking place and everybody's locking names into where players are going, it's going to be really hard to acquire those picks now. Um, don't get desperate. I was probably my biggest uh, problem that I have had in my time playing Dynasty. Um, I offloaded Tyree Kill in the middle of that whole fiasco last offseason for a 2021 third. And I, right after Kenyon Drake got traded to the Cardinals, I panic sold trying to get anything for him because I didn't think he was going to have any value. And I think I traded for a 2023rd. And those both backfired and put my teams back quite a bit. Um, so just kind of understand, don't panic sell. But if somebody is panic selling, it's a good time to buy because um, usually your their value is depressed and it's going to go back up sooner than later. So just kind of know um, your risk tolerance. And if the market value and if that price drops below market value, hold until it goes back up and then you can flip it and trade it for something else. Um, 
yeah, any questions, anything, uh, give me a shout. Um, I, I enjoy the back and forth on Twitter quite a bit. Uh, my handle is silent sword 89 again. Um, but just wanted to get some info out for you guys. Um, it's kind of middle of draft season. We got another one starting tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about. So, um, hopefully this helps you and helps you be a better dynasty player and understanding the game overall. Uh, thanks for listening.